Um, I am going to start, and I'm just going to launch for time's sake. Um, wanna, I want to take this month and talk through some, some basics in creating a spiritual environment for, or in a, a, good, a positive environment for spiritual growth. Uh, this is like more of a how-to, like a teaching, uh, a seminar. I, I want this month to be like real practical, uh, more practical stuff than like a sermon per se. Um, I could call this like this, this next stuff like my magnus opus, except for the fact that I don't actually live it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like everything that I've seen that produces spiritual growth in my life when I actually do it. But I certainly have seasons where I fall off the wagon, and then I have to, you know, get back on, and then I see growth, and then I, you know, get lazy and distracted or whatever. So, so I just want to be like real practical and, and talk to you today about some, some habits uh, to help create an environment for spiritual growth. Now, this is, here's why this is so important. You can, YouTube, you can go to YouTube and search uh, Leadership from a Dancing Guy. For time's sake, I'm not going to show it. It's four or five minutes, and it's this, it, it's, a, it's just a video of a guy at like a blossom type, like real thing happened. Guys at this blossom type outdoor field, lots of people, huge crowd outside, and he just starts dancing. Like he's doing like the, you know, those sky dancer things. He's just dancing. And, and about a minute and a half or so goes by, and everybody's just kind of watching, laughing, and all of a sudden another guy comes up. And, and, and he's dancing with him, just going crazy, no real music, just, and, and everybody's laughing. Now there's two guys. Well, then a third guy about a minute and a half later comes up and joins them. And all at once after the third guy comes up, two more come, then three more come. And now there's a crowd. Then pretty soon, like, the bucket tips and everybody's pouring in, just going crazy dancing. And now it's like, okay, I better go join in or I look like a, a, a moron for not, you know, for, for dissenting. And, and the whole thing is like, that's how a movement starts. The third guy, uh, the third person starts to do the same thing, and then everybody kind of follows suit. The good thing is great movements can happen from that principle. The bad thing is bad things can creep in because of that. Because we just are naturally, it's like it tips the room, and we just start to do the things that groups of people do around us. And so when you go to work or when you're in your neighborhoods or whatever, and, and all of a sudden the, the typical suburban family ha has scheduled themselves to max capacity and are running ragged, all of a sudden you start to do that because everybody around you is doing that. Or, or the families around you um, make their lives all about their kids and have no time to develop their own marriages. And all of a sudden you start doing that. Or everybody's spending all their money to better themselves and not being generous and, 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 and living for others. And then you start to, because we, we just start to do things like the people around us. In, um, in, in aviation, they call this uh, spatial orientation. The idea of being aware and trusting your gauges and, and knowing how you're flying, because it's my understanding that like fighter pilots can be flying upside down and they don't realize it. And they think they're pulling up and they crash into the ground because they're flying upside down. And so what these spiritual practices do is they help us realize, whoa, I'm flying upside down here. I need to get things. It's like having, having something in your life to recalibrate so that you can make progress, so that you can avoid long seasons of flying upside down, so to speak. There's this scary verse in 1 Kings 11. 
There's a guy named Solomon who was said to be the wisest person to ever live. His father was David. Here's what it says. As Solomon grew old, his wives, plural, turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. Now, this verse communicates two things. First of all, beware of women. I mean, I'm not saying that. That's just the word of God. Um, no, David had, had checks in his life. He had prophets to speak into his life. He had spiritual disciplines. David would get away. He would reflect. He would meditate on scripture. He had spiritual habits. Now, David loved the ladies. And he got into a lot of trouble because of that. But he had things in his life to pull him back to sanity. Solomon didn't. And so we see, just from what played out, the benefits of these spiritual habits. If you say you follow Jesus... Then you, I mean, Jesus had spiritual habits. He had moments of reflection. So if you're not, if you don't, then you're not following Jesus. So if we say we follow Jesus, then we, we, we have to have this anyway because that was just the example of Jesus and we have to live like he lived if we say we actually follow him. So uh, let me move on to just these are some habits. I'm just going to try to make it as, as practical as I can. Uh, as basic as I can, and maybe some of these would help you. And if this, like, I don't, you know, don't take copious notes here, but if there's one thing maybe that you would leave and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start that, then that's what I would love for you to do is may, maybe leave with just one basic thing, that, that one discipline that you're going to try to implement. Okay. Habit number one. Realistic expectations. Realistic expectations. I see this all the time. Where, uh, where somebody's like, all right, I'm going to develop my spiritual life. I'm, gonna, I'm at this, man. I'm going to get up at 4.30, and I'm going to read my Bible for an hour, and I'm going to pray for an hour, and, and, and we're, let's do this. And, and you know, they, they get up at 4.30 for like one day, two days maybe. Because that, that's not sustainable. That's like when you, you know, when your skin is tight because you ate so much over the holidays. And you're like, that's it. You know, I'm 100 pounds overweight and never done a thing. I'm going to P90 exit and live on 500 calories a day until I'm down to 160. It's not sustainable. You're not going to do it. And so, so I think that one, one habit, one approach, one environment is, is to just realistic expectations. So here's, here's the plan that I would advocate you, you start with, okay? Think 15 minutes a day. Read the Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's the life and teachings of Jesus, for 15 minutes a day. If you don't have a translation of the Bible that's easily readable, just take one of those blue Bibles in front of you, it's yours. 15 minutes a day, that's over an hour a week, because you're not going to do it every day, right? I mean, you can say, I'm going to do 15 minutes a day, but you're going to get four, five, six days, and that's over an hour a day, that's over 50-some hours a year, or over an hour a week, I mean, 50-some hours a year, that's enough to read through the Gospels seven, eight, nine times. That's enough to understand, to be very familiar with the life and teachings of Jesus, if you just commit to 15 minutes a day, by the end of a year, and that year is going to go by whether you read or not, 
that's going to be reading through the gospel seven, eight, nine times, you will be very familiar with the life and teachings of Jesus, more so than 90% of Christians who followed Jesus their whole life. That's like, that's sad, but that's, that's the reality, is you will know Jesus more than most people. You will know about him anyway by just 15 minutes a day of reading the gospels. And you may be on the first, like the first Today may be your first time in church in a long time. You may be on the first rung of the Jesus ladder thinking, oh my gosh, I have this far to go. But just honoring that routine 15 minutes a day, you will be an expert in the life and teachings of Jesus before very long at all. So that just just a very realistic um, pathway, realistic expectations that will produce spiritual growth in your life is just 15 minutes a day reading the Gospels, becoming familiar with the life and teachings of Jesus. So that's, that's habit number one, that if you don't do that now or you don't have its equivalent, that, that could change your life and your eternity. Because here's the thing. It's, this isn't just about like having your soul right with God. The teachings of Jesus work. Like Let's just take all spiritual God stuff out of it. The teachings of Jesus just work. They will make your life better, I promise absolutely guarantee it and so becoming familiar with them and changing your life over to his path of life it will bring good things into your life okay habit number two which is essential to accomplish habit number one control your schedule control your schedule this is about creating a routine it's like this your body is clean because you schedule time for a shower and you protect that time right if you don't protect that time and schedule and then it becomes just a part of your day like this is the time that i shower your teeth are are healthy and your breath doesn't stink if that's true of you and you can look at the person next to you and, and and nod yes or no um if it's true of them it's because you have learned to schedule and protect time to brush your teeth, right? I mean, you, when, when you have to schedule it and you have to protect it. And so whether it's your 15 minutes, like you might ask, okay, when's my 15 minutes going to be? Is my 15 minutes going to be first thing? Am I going to get up 15 minutes early? Is it going to be in the car on my uh, smartphone Bible app uh, before I pull out for work? Is it going to be lunchtime? Is it going to be right before bed? When is your 15 minutes going to be? And then you protect that time. And the same is true with, okay, I want to set aside a half an hour every few days to pray. And you schedule that. You have to control your schedule and schedule the time. We know this. This is not rocket science, right? We know this. But if you don't control your schedule and actually build... See, see people think that... Here's my experience... There's a perception that some people just love Jesus and it's just like something that they do. More often than not, it's, it's more like a, you schedule it and protect it and do it. And that's the other part of this is, is don't let... Try, you're creating a routine when you protect your schedule. And my advice is that you focus more on the routine than the results. And here's what I mean by that. Um... Spiritual growth can be emotional, and sometimes you feel things like, oh, man, I really feel close to God. I am in the throne room. I'm on the mountaintop. I'm whatever. A lot of the times, 
it's really boring and you feel nothing. I, and I'm just, it's really boring and you feel nothing. And so if you learn to trust that 15 minutes, like there's times when I'll, I'll read, you know, I'll read my scripture and, and just it's like, all right, I knew all that. <laughs> um, there's nothing immediately useful for my life, but I'm going to trust that reading and then the next day and then the next day versus trying to produce that like mountaintop kind of thing. Um, I, I schedule it and then focus on the routine. This is a spiritual habit that will produce growth over time if you schedule it and focus on the routine more so than the result. Be thrilled with yourself, even if you felt nothing, because you were faithful to your routine. And don't overschedule your routine, because I've done that. Okay, this half hour I'm going to read my read a book. In this half hour, I'm going to read scripture. In this half hour, I'm going to pray. In these two hours, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to, and you know, like, and that's just, no way. Pick your few things and schedule it and control your schedule. This is a spiritual discipline. You have to be intentional with doing it and with living it out. But it will, I promise you, it will produce. And in my life, like I said earlier, I have seasons where I do this and I benefit from it. And then I have seasons where I fall off the wagon and I realize, man, I haven't grown at all because I haven't been protecting and controlling my own schedule with the things that are most important for growth. Hope that makes sense. All right. Uh, number three. Number three. You know what? Let me, uh, let me, let me go back because <clears throat> there's, there's an important part of this in, in number one and number two. Okay, this, this is about scheduling for incremental growth. What I want you all to do right now, please please play along with me. I don't have it up on the screen. Look up in one of your Bibles uh, in front of you, Zechariah 4.10. Zechariah 4.10. It's on page 882 in those blue Bibles. Zechariah 4.10. I will give you a second to turn there and put your finger on Zechariah. You're looking for the big number four and the little number ten. I'm watching you. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I think that was SpongeBob. <laughs> Zechariah 4.10. Do not despise, look down on, clown, second guess, whatever. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices. Uh, what's your word say? Rejoices, is that what it is? The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the, the work begin. Now, sometimes we can get focused on how far we have to go. And we look at that 15 minutes a day that represents 15 minutes of reading a Bible that we've never touched before. And, and we look at just the, the small portion of schedule and the small amount of reading and think, Oh my gosh, I got this far to go, and that's just such a little, I need to do, no, no. Do not look down on a simple, small step. God is thrilled to look at your life 
and see that 15 minutes on the schedule. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices. Some of you maybe need to write that down and make that your, your mantra for the first steps because it feels almost silly because you know how far you are from God. But man, do not despise the small beginning, for the Lord rejoices just to see the work begin in your life. Okay, there's my little, uh, there's my riff on, on, on uh, Zechariah 4. Now, um, habit number three. The notebook. The notebook. Um, God may say differently from my life, but I feel like, aside from reading the Bible, the single most important practice in my life for spiritual growth has been keeping a notebook. Huge spiritual tool. Here's why. Um, let's start with uh, professional athletes. Almost certainly professional athletes got that way in part or largely by reviewing game film. You don't get better unless you watch, you know, in baseball, here's what my swing was like. In football, here's, here's that scheme and here's where I was and here's what I should and here's what, like you're keeping a journal or a notebook and taking time regularly to write about, like, like in my old, in my old uh, notebooks, and I have them by the dozens, you would look and see like yesterday written at the top. Incidentally, I prefer uh, moleskin. Um, I'm not getting any money from, from saying that. Um, I, I used to start with just like the 99 cent um, spiral notebooks. Now for inspirational purposes, I like these moleskins, um, these journals. But um, uh, um, would just write yesterday and then who'd I meet? How'd I treat people? Uh, what am I trying to get better at, and, and how did I do? Like a, very much a review of the day or write out a prayer to God. We'll talk about that probably next week. Uh, but it's about reviewing film. It gave me something, and this is kind of hard to explain. It gave me something to associate spiritual growth with. Spiritual growth is intangible, like you can't always track it. Sometimes you can feel it, sometimes even that's deceptive. But to have a journal that I could touch and hold on to and write in, it gave me something physical to feel like I was growing spiritual. I don't know if that makes sense, but it was like an inspirational thing for me to, to, keep, uh, to keep a journal like that. It also kept a thing in front of me. Now, last, uh, last January, we talked about your one word for the year. This is almost its own thing. Uh, have an idea of, of what you want to accomplish in your life for the next season. Now, there are 9,748 things I need to do to be a better person, to even get to becoming like a decent human being. I'm probably not going to get there by thinking about all 9,000, whatever it is. But, but if, I, if I can focus on one thing, I can make progress. And a, and a notebook helped me say, okay, here's my one thing. Whether it's lying, whether it's swearing, whether it's, it's you know, anger, uh, to, to, to track it, um, that's, a, that's a great tool to actually make progress. Because one of the great tragedies in life is to see someone who is the same person that they were 10 years ago. And the journal for me has helped me, um, has helped me continue to grow when I actually use it. Um, it also, it also slows you down. 
I believe that the enemy, the greatest enemy of, of spiritual growth is busyness. And I think a lot of you would agree, especially those of you further along down the line in your, in your growth with, with Jesus and your walk with Jesus, the enemy of spiritual growth is busyness. And this presents some time to just slow down. There's a, there's a verse, um, uh, it's in Psalm 46. God says, be still and know that I am God. And I, I've come to believe that that's like, a, like if, you, um, if I'm doing something to show off in front of my kids, what do you say? You say, watch and learn, kid. Watch and learn, son. And it implies if you watch, watch and learn really means watch and then you'll learn. And, and I believe that, that what be still and know that I am God is saying is be still and then you'll know that I am God. So as we learn to quiet our lives and as we learn to be still, we know God and we know what it means for him to be God. So I can't tell you how important a journal has been for me in my life. So <clears throat> Matthew Beck, congratulations on your um, baptism today. We are all thrilled with you. I have something for you. Come on up. I know you're not afraid of the stage. <clears throat> I got you a journal to get you started, even though you're already started. And I'm going to read you what I wrote. You're too close. <laughs> um, and I'm going to read this, and I'm not going to be like your dad and get all weepy and cry and stuff like that up here talking, okay? Matthew. You're the first human who has literally grown up in front of my eyes. Yours was the first diaper I ever changed. True story. I'm proud of your decision to be baptized today, to announce that you will follow Jesus forever. This notebook will help you grow. Notebooks like this have been instrumental in my spiritual development. Use it to review your day. What is God doing in your life? What went well, what didn't, what needs to change. Taking a moment to reflect on the direction of the day will help you grow continually. Ephesians 2.10 says that God has great things planned that only you can do. This is a tool to help you live out those plans, and you're well on your way. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. I'm proud of you. Loving you. Man, I used to sit with uh, Matthew, little baby Matthew, and rock him in the early days of Polaris while Phil and Leanne uh, sang and played the guitar up on stage in the, in the rec center. So, um, well, hey, this is we'll, we'll we'll pick up on some more habits and practices um, next week. This was supposed to be a one-timer, but I realized after the first service when I'm only halfway through my stuff that it's going to be a two-weeker. Um, I do want to have you guys stand. We're going to do one last song, because really, it's important to realize, and I can't emphasize this enough, these things are not spirituality. They are not the end. They are a means to an end. Spirituality is your walk with Jesus. These are tools to get you there, not an end in and of themselves. So this is a reminder, this last song, that really this is all just a tool in our attempt 
to make Jesus the center of our lives and then to keep him there. Let's pray. Father, thank you for reaching out to us, for desiring a, a friendship with us. And I want to pray that you would make us very aware of the things that we can be doing and need to be doing to keep you in the center of our world because we need that. Without you, we are flying blind. We are flying upside down. We desperately need you to help us move forward and live life at its best. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.